Hello and welcome to the Clockwork Game Design Podcast. I am your host, Keith Bergun. It has been a while since the last episode of this show. Um, a lot has happened uh, in, the, in the past months. Uh, the biggest thing, well, actually the biggest thing is that I got married and I went on my honeymoon. So, hooray. Uh, that all went really great. But also in these past few months, I've been going on this weird Final Fantasy excursion, which I suppose technically started in 2021 when I began playing Final Fantasy 12 and 13 and then bounced off both of them. But this year, I don't know really what got into me, but I've started just going through all the Final Fantasy games. Um, I still haven't beaten every single Final Fantasy game. Um, I, what I'm really trying to do is go through the mainline Final Fantasies, so not necessarily any of the spin-offs or anything like that. Um, although I am doing sequels, so like, you know, uh, 13 2, for example. Um, I'm not doing the MMOs yet. I will, I'm considering maybe doing them at some point, but um, for now, not doing them. I kind of think you can learn a lot about the game industry by just following this one series because it's been spanning such a long amount of time. And I just feel like um, you can sort of see these patterns happening with the Final Fantasy games that were also happening more broadly. I also personally have a long personal connection to this series. You know, I played the original Final Fantasy when it first came out. I, I played Final Fantasy Two in America, which was actually four um, when it first came out. And so, you know, I've always really liked the aesthetics and, of course, the music. I, I played in a video game music cover band for many years and uh, Final Fantasy music and Nobuo Uematsu was always a huge uh, thing for me. So, you know, I, I, I generally have a liking for the way that Final Fantasy games are. Um, but I really fell off of them. Um, you know, I played I played like more or less one through seven ish. I'm going to first talk about some general trends and stuff with Final Fantasy and how I see the series. And then I'm also going to go through every single Final Fantasy entry and give my comments on it and sort of what it is and what it's like and what it sort of represents. In the last year... Um, I've been, you know, going ham on trying to catch up on all these Final Fantasies. Uh, the first one I started with was 13, and then I beat all three 13s. Technically, I didn't beat 13-3. I'm re right near the end, but it's close enough. I can kind of call it beaten. I beat 5, and I beat 9. I've also made significant process in 8, uh, 8 and 10, which I'm playing now, uh, and 12, I played a little bit, or no, like halfway through 12 and played a little bit of 15. So I'm overall trying to like form a narrative about these games. Like what do they mean? What can we take from them? And what can you learn from them? Back in the 80s and 90s, Squaresoft, as they were known at the time, was basically one of the best game developers student studios out there. Uh, and around the early 2000s, they began all these like mergers. They may put out that movie, The Spirits Within. But then they just started buying up like they bought up most famously Enix and now their name is Square Enix. But they actually that wasn't the only merger they did. They bought a bunch of other smaller teams as well. And it started to become this sort of conglomerate sort of thing in the early 2000s. And I I really think that's like the turning point. Um, and so to set that to the Final Fantasy games, that would be like after 10. So I really see it as like one through 10 is a certain way. And then 11 plus 
or 12 plus if you don't want to count the MMOs. Although I do think you should count the MMOs because they do, I think, show, uh, not that I've played them very much, but I sort of have a sense for um, what MMOs are like and um, how they are distinct from, say, Final Fantasy VII. So you really do see a shift after 10 that's pretty dramatic for the series, whereas 1 through 10, you can argue, are kind of all games in this same sort of project of this sort of, now we say traditional JRPG, turn-based, party-based, etc. But also certain tone, um, certain style, uh, I would say, that also has been shifting a little bit. It's also interesting to note that after 10, which released in 2001, there was actually a five-year period between before the next uh, Final Fantasy game that wasn't an MMO, which was 12, uh, which is kind of a long time for them. They, they, if you look at their timeline, almost every year they have a new Final Fantasy game, um, which is is you know, pretty interesting because I think these games take more than a year to make. So I think they have some overlap in terms of like, you know, sort of sub teams working on things at different times. Um, and I think that also, that also to me suggests why the games, a lot of them, and I'll talk about this are really brilliant in certain ways, but many of them, not all of them are kind of undercooked and just need a little more time. You know, these are really big games, really ambitious games. And a lot of them have these really cool systems and really cool plot things. And and I think from for me as a game developer, what I see is they, they're just a little bit underdeveloped, a lot of these things. So after 10, you get 11, which is an MMO, the first MMO. They spent a long time on that. 12 is also kind of like a single player MMO, a lot of people call it. We'll talk about 13 a lot. Um, so I'm going to skip that one. 14 is an MMO yet again. And 15 is also very MMO-ish, I would say. Um, and I haven't really talked on this podcast about MMOs that much and what they mean. But I do feel like um, I, I wrote an article about like aesthetic gotchaism, which is um, it's many things. Uh, and I recommend you read the article. It's over at KeithBurgun.net. But this idea of just a highly commodified game of like an endless game, one with like sort of infinite content, one where quests are highly commodified and where items are like subdivided into like, you know, components. And there's usually a crafting system or multiple crafting systems. And there are things like these, you know, rarities and star rankings and all these things. And, and of course, um, a lot of like, the gotchas have a lot of like random, you know, loot boxes and things like that. And MMO design, I think, really feeds into that along with free to play um, kind of games. And, you know, for me, the, a lot of those design aesthetics are hostile to a feeling of um, uh, a feeling of sincerity, a feeling of like, I don't know, vulnerable creativity. Um you know, it's it's long been discussed that like these big giant corporate games a lot of times feel soulless. And I think what's meant by that is that they are lacking this sort of like feeling of I think vulnerability is actually a good way to talk about it. Um, they feel like the edges have been sand off. They feel overly focused, grouped, etc. And so I think that with Square's movement into the MMO space, 
that sort of then bounced back onto their single player games. And now it really seems like uh, they're just, you know, the old square, it's just gone. And, you know, that's that's how that's how these things happen. Um, so, yeah, the, the soul of Final Fantasy, I think you can really find in one through ten. Really? I mean, there's a there's a bit of um, exceptions uh, there, but that's really the heart of Final Fantasy. And I think that if you look at the timeline of Final Fantasy, it sort of matches up. They're, they're following trends throughout. We'll talk a little bit about that. And they're also setting some trends. And um, but they're they're really like the industry itself became a lot more gotcha fied in the last five, ten years. Uh, it's not just Square. And so an MMO ified, if you like. So I do think um, there's a lot to learn from this series. I definitely recommend people play through it, um, play through some of the games. Uh, I'll give some recommendations at the end, but to spoiler, I think if you're going to start with any of them, I would start with either six, seven or nine. Those are the most like solid and beloved ones um, that I have also beaten. Um, and I can definitely vouch for all three of those. So uh, let's go through the Final Fantasy series and talk about the games and what they mean and um, other notes. Um, so the first one was Final Fantasy in 1987. Uh, this one I beat, uh, obviously. Um, I believe I beat it when it came out, but I'm not sure about that. I might have been like a little too young and um, I definitely beat it. Um, in my 20s, though, and I remember I beat it on an NES, you know, no save state, no uh, 4x speed, uh, which, by the way, if you're going to go on this kind of excursion, I highly, highly recommend playing on an emulator and binding one of your uh, controller keys to 4x or 8x speed for the combats and cutscenes that you want to skip and just walking around. And uh, there's so many things that just need to be sped up. Um, and then binding another key to save state. Um, those two things are really make these games extreme, way more playable. And they turn them from the 30 to 40 hour games into maybe a 20 ish hour game, which is a lot more uh, reasonable. I still think every single one of these Final Fantasy games, by the way, is, is too long. They're like between 20 and 50 percent too long, uh, depending on the game. So and that that's uh, I include Final Fantasy one in that. Uh, so Final Fantasy one. 1987, their first game, uh, their first uh, Final Fantasy game. I don't think it was actually their first RPG. I have to double check on that. But um, I did beat that one. And the thing, I went back to it recently. And the thing that's really notable about Final Fantasy 1, just the original NES version, is how polished it is. It's so, like clean and like high quality feeling compared to if you play a bunch of NES games, it's just, it just feels good. The music sounds good. It controls well. Um, it's just everything that's in there is well done. And I really think that that's, um, and, and it's ambitious too. I mean, you know, the way that they did like storytelling things, like you don't see the final, the cutscene, or sorry, the uh, intro title screen until you after you beat the first boss and then you cross this bridge and then you see the title screen, which is kind of a famous thing from the first Final Fantasy. Uh, it also has a lot of other, other cool things like it has a very explicit party building thing where you literally at the beginning, right when you boot up the game, the first thing you do is you uh, 
pick these your classes. So it's kind of like a proto job system, but these are your characters and they can't ever really change jobs. Um, so th that's a really weird quality that Final Fantasy one has. Uh, would I recommend playing one? Um, maybe. Uh, I, I think mostly for, you know, for historical study. I don't think it's like a blast to play now. Um, it's not terrible. Uh, it's it's I think it's a lot more fun than like the first Dragon Quest um, because of the four characters and things like that. But, you know, it's 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 long for what it is. It's about 12 or so hours long, I want to say. And, and it gets it gets a little old in that time, I think. Um, so anyway, that's Final Fantasy one. Final Fantasy 2, I never played it. It didn't come out in the States until, you know, 10, 20 years later or something. Um, I played the GBA remake. I did some research on which one would be the best version of Final Fantasy 2 to play. By the way, Final Fantasy 2 is one of the most hated Final Fantasy games. Uh, and I can definitely see why. Um, it was very ambitious in that it went for this, like, Ultima-style leveling system. So there aren't levels. There aren't experience points in Final Fantasy 2. Um, instead, it's... Um, it's like Ultima. So if anyone's played Ultima, you know that it's like, if you want to get better at blacksmithing, you do a bunch of blacksmithing. If you want to get better at swinging a sword, you swing a sword a lot. You know, if you want to get more hit points, you, well, in Final Fantasy, one of the ways you get more health is by taking damage. Um, and it was a very ambitious system, very different from Final Fantasy 1, but it didn't work really. It was, it was, horribly tuned in the original NES version, which is why I played the GBA remake. But even the GBA remake feels way undertuned and um, way too grindy. It's weird. Um, Final Fantasy 1, there are st moments where it's pretty darn grindy. Um, and overall, it's it's pretty grindy because there's just not that much going on other than grinding. Um, but 2 is like, it really seems like it cranked that up a lot. So, and that's even in the remake. Uh, so I, I had a little bit of trouble getting into two personally. I would not recommend two, I would say. So let's move on to Final Fantasy three. I didn't play Final Fantasy three, um, but what I understand is that it's kind of like the proto five um, because it has a job system. Um, I did play Final Fantasy three very, very briefly on an emulator like 10 years ago or something, but um, I didn't really play it. So I, I'm going to just say I didn't play it. Um, I would like to try it at some point, um, although the fact that I've already played five makes three less appealing because it really does feel like, you know, five when they were halfway through development or something. Uh, so we'll skip over three. Three is one of the only ones that I haven't really interacted with. Uh, then we have Final Fantasy four, which again came out in the States as two. That one I did beat. I think I beat that when it first came out, but I also beat it. I got about like 70 percent or so through in my 20s. I remember I got turned off at one point or I was just like, I remember there was a line that was like, why the moon for the power or something like that. Uh, and I, I bailed sort of soon after that. Um, so the, the, the story in four is pretty dopey, but it's kind of the first uh the first like I, you might say like the first true Final Fantasy game and that it's like it's really trying to do a story thing with all these characters that are coming in and out of your party. Um, you have five characters in that game, which is I think there isn't another one. Yeah, I don't think there's another Final Fantasy game that allows you to have five characters in your party at the same time, um, which is kind of cool. And I, I feel like there it's I would like to play another game that had five characters in it. I think that's a, a cool idea. 
Um, good soundtrack. This is where the soundtrack started like getting a lot longer and bigger. I think it's a bigger game, certainly than one. Uh, my one complaint, I, I had a couple complaints about four. Um, you know, the, it, one is that uh, it's a little bit dopey and silly with its storytelling at some times, uh, but it's also, it had this thing where you didn't have, while you have five characters in your party, you don't have much control at all of who is in your party. So it's just constantly taking, ripping characters away from you, uh, which I found kind of frustrating because, you know, you're trying to like build this party. I think that's a big value in these these games is party building. Um, and they really kind of like made that difficult to do because they were just, this character runs away and now this character dies and this character this, you know? So uh, it was it was tough to really dive into the character building aspect. So very recently, about a couple months ago, I beat Final Fantasy V. Final Fantasy V is really good. I think it's a big jump uh, up from any previous Final Fantasy. Again, I can't speak to three, but I'm quite sure that it's better than three because it's very similar to three actually. And because it's got the job system and this is where like Final Fantasy like has its first big awesome job like system and it's very fun to like manipulate your party and like you know change the roles of everyone if you played something like Final Fantasy Tactics it's got something like that um 12 has something like that too but it's like a very pathetic uh version of it uh in five the classes are very distinct from each other they do very different things um some of them are really quite bad unfortunately um and so even five even though five is like the sequel to three i still feel like they should have uh it would have been great if they had like another year to work on it and like balance it and stuff so i i definitely i recommend five i think five is really cool and one of the most fun to play in the definitely the most fun in the first five games uh and one of the most fun Final Fantasy games uh, of the first, you know, 10 or so anyways. The one concern I have with Final Fantasy V is that the story is really dopey and like, I think even dumber than four. Five has one of the worst villains in any of the games um, who is, it's like, it, it almost seems like a satire of villains, but it's not quite. So it's just like a bad villain. Um, puppy kicking evil guy named X Death, but so I, I recommend Five because it's just it's really fun to play and and you know mess with the class system and stuff like that. All right, then we have Final Fantasy VI. Now, if you look at most lists online of like what are the best Final Fantasy games, Six is almost always the number one slot or very very close to it. Usually, it's the most frequent number one of all the Final Fantasy games, as I've found in my research anyway. Now, I beat Final Fantasy VI before I, because I'm going to rave about this game a little bit, but I should let you know, I did not play this game when it first came out. Um, I think when it first came out, it was actually kind of hard to get a copy of, and it was like 70 or $80. And so I uh, I played it like a good 10 years after it came out. Um, I actually had a couple of false starts with it. I first started it, and I like fell off or something. And then I remember I played it a second time, and I was playing this on the Super Nintendo, and my save file got corrupted, which was very sad. And then on my third try, I played it on an emulator, again, with the 4XP, which helps so much. Um, and I completely fell in love with it. And actually, it's one of two video games I've ever played where I 100%ed it. I'm not a big 100%er, but with Final Fantasy VI, I don't know what it was. I just wanted to be in that world for as long as possible. I loved all the characters. I wanted to collect all the characters. Um, and so I 100%ed Final Fantasy VI. 
Uh, there have been only a few games that have really captured my imagination and gotten into my heart to the degree that Final Fantasy VI did. It's a combination of the music, the story, the characters. Um, you know, uh, this game really is like as good as everybody says. The story is very like dramatic and memorable. There's, you know, there's some stuff that's a little bit all over the place. They kind of like switch who is the main protagonist halfway through the game. Um, but they're, they're, all the characters are very memorable, beautiful pixel art. Um, it's like sincerely funny. It has one of the best soundtracks in the whole series. Um, I can't recommend Final Fantasy VI enough. Fantastic game. Go check it out. And again, this is not me talking as someone who played it when I was like a kid and it first came out. I was in my like mid-20s, I think. Um, and then, okay, so next up is Final Fantasy VII, which is many people's first Final Fantasy um, because it was it was huge. I remember when Final Fantasy VII came out, it was a massive uh, event. And of course I beat that. Um, I think I beat it once when it came out and then got through a bunch of it again in my 20s. Uh, but it's been a long time. It's could have been a good, you know, 15 years or so. I, I do plan on doing the remaster soon. Um, people often cite 7 as the best game in the series, and that's not unreasonable at all. Um, I think it's maybe one of the most flawless Final Fantasy games, um, along with 9. Uh, it's just everything in it is good, uh, pretty much. Uh, like, the, the materia combat system is good, the storytelling is good, the characters are interesting and mostly memorable and good. Uh, it's one of the best soundtracks in the whole series, for sure. Um, yeah, just um, fantastic. And also notable is having one of the best intro sequences with the uh, the bombing mission uh, of any... Uh, any RPG. I think RPGs tend to struggle with their openings. They're at their most boring in their first few hours, I, I usually find. Um, so actually, yeah, let me create a little graph in your mind real quick. I think right when you start RPGs, they're, you know, like maybe in the very beginning, they're kind of hype because you're seeing like some cool cutscenes or something. But then they fall off really hard very early on while you don't know any of the rules and you're being shown like a very simplistic version of the game and I find them very very difficult to get through those first few hours like you really have to hang in there and then there's this big bump once all the systems start coming together and you start being able to like actually do the thing and play the game and then that bump like falls off and falls off and falls off and falls off over the very long course of the game. And so usually in the about the halfway point to like two thirds through, it starts becoming a bit of a slog. This is part of why I think these games need to be shorter. And then towards the end, hopefully, if you're lucky, it'll spike back up, um, you know, and usually have a awesome ending. A lot of these games have very good endings. <coughs> Anyways, I recommend Final Fantasy VII. Great game. Uh, I guess that's not too controversial a take, but uh, you know, this was I think Final Fantasy VI and VII and IX, we're about to talk about eight, uh, were really square at its height, at its peak. Um, and so these are the games that really got into people's hearts and um, for a good reason. So I'm playing Final Fantasy VIII right now. Um, it is a weird game. I appreciate that it's weird. It feels like an old PC game to me. 
um, for a lot of reasons. One, because of the, uh, you know, sort of non-chibi proportions of the characters. They're very, like, sort of realistic proportions. It also has, like, a modern setting with, like, cars and trains and stuff. Um, I appreciate that. Um, and it, generally speaking, seems pretty good. But it definitely feels like the most undercooked Final Fantasy since, like, 2. And I don't know how that happened exactly. Because it looks like, from the timeline, that Final Fantasy VIII got a good, like, three... Uh, let's see. Uh, it got a good two years since Final Fantasy VII, and that's a long time for Square. Usually they only have one year between each Final Fantasy. Um, so I don't know what happened with VIII. Something, something happened, but... Uh, so they have this they have two very weird systems uh, that kind of work together, but they're very weird and abstract. One is junctioning, which so there are these uh, summons. They call them guardian forces in this game. Basically, they're like summons like Ifrit and all those. Those are in many of the Final Fantasy games. And you can sort of bind those to a character. And then if you do that, then you can also bind magic spells to like certain stats of that character and it'll increase the stats of that character. So if I have like fire, I can bind that to my attack and now my attack goes up. Now here's, then the other thing is that magic, you have like quantities of magic. So I don't just have like the fire spell. I have like 15 casts of fire, which is weird. And you can have up to 99 and the, the more of them you have bound to your, uh, your, your stat, the higher that stat is affected by it. So far, this could all be cool, but then you have this thing called drawing, and this is how you get these magic spells. It's just literally a menu option, so you can do, like, attack, or item, or, you know, uh, magic, or draw. And draw means take some spells from that monster, and each monster has a handful of different types of spells, usually like one to four types, one to three types, and you can just, and then you click draw on them and you just take like six or seven or eight copies of that spell and you just get it. And then you can just do it again to that same monster. Like it doesn't run out. So then you can just like sit there and, you know, fill up, get 99 copies of every, of like every spell basically, which is extremely boring to do and feels broken and wrong. And so this is this is one of the most, uh, you know, cited problems with Final Fantasy VIII. It's very strange. Um, I would have loved to see what they would do if they would make like a remake or something or like Final Fantasy VIII 2 where they, you know, because I feel like it's they were all, they were on the way to an interesting concept. Um, I just think that they didn't get there. Uh, that said, I'm only, you know, eight, nine, ten hours in, so maybe we'll see how, we'll see how it play, plays out. Um, I do know that the game has a really big following, and, you know, this aside, which is not, it's not a deal breaker, it's not a massive problem. Oh, another weird thing, by the way. In most Final Fantasy games, summons, which do a lot of damage and attack all enemies usually, cost a lot of mana to summon, or you can only summon them once, or blah blah blah, like, you know, they're, they're limited in some way. In this game, you can just spam the summons. So, very weird. Um, and, and the downside to that, too, is that you have to watch these long cutscenes every time you summon the summon. You can't skip them. So, it's almost like they thought, like, well, the, 
the downside, the cost you're paying is your own time to to cast this like super powerful spell. But that's just a terrible um, type of cost. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff in Final Fantasy VIII. Um, that said, I'm exciting, excited to continue playing it. I like it. Uh, I don't know if I'd recommend it exactly, but uh, we'll see. Get back to me later when I finish it. Next up is Final Fantasy IX. I just beat that only uh, like four weeks ago. So Final Fantasy IX is incredible. Uh, this is also one of the contenders definitely for best Final Fantasy game. And it's really tough for me to decide whether this is better than six. Six, it's like six or nine are probably the best ones. Some people also say seven and I, that one may be too, I don't know, but it's one of those three, you know? Uh, and, and nine also is a contender for most flawless because really basically everything about nine is fantastic. One of the things that stood out to me about nine is, and I don't know how this happened, but the localization and the script is just so good. It's like really the way people talk is very natural and they like interrupt each other and they're there. It's not wooden and it's funny, like sincerely funny and moving and really great. It's also like one of the best looking PlayStation one games. Um, it looks fantastic, really good use of like color and just distinct characters. It's silly, it's fun, but it's also not afraid to get dramatic and surprising. It has good villains. I think this is definitely like a contender for the best Final Fantasy game. Um, it also has this really cool system where you learn skills permanently from items. So you like equip an item and then you have these skills that come with that item. And then as you use that item more and more, eventually you can just keep that skill even if you unequip that item. So it's a little bit like a class system actually. And it's it's really good. It's 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 between that and the fact that there's more characters than go in your party. I think there's like how many characters were there? Eight? Something like that. Um so there's a good amount of like, you know, party building stuff that that's pretty fun to do. Um, so I, I really recommend nine. If in fact, I think if I were to say, like, if someone was like, I've never played a Final Fantasy game, what should I play? I would say go download the PlayStation version of Final Fantasy nine or if you have the CD ROM, whatever, uh, emulate it, play it on an emulator and um and play that and, you know, bind a key to speed up. Um, actually, I played it on my Retroid, which is a really cool emulation device that I got um, a couple months ago. Honestly, it's been a game changer. I've been playing so many more video games since I've had the Retroid. Um, it fits in your pocket. It's about the profile of like a cell phone. Uh, and, uh, you know, it can play everything up into up to Dreamcast, I think. So, um, yeah, I've been really enjoying that. Played Final Fantasy V on there, beat that. Played Nine on there, beat that. Um, now I'm doing Eight on there, which has been really cool. So, next up is Final Fantasy X, uh, which I am playing right now. I'm playing that on my Steam Deck, which also is awesome. Uh, do recommend Steam Deck. Um, I got that this year. I don't know if I mentioned that, but um, that's also been a game changer. I've been playing so many more video games because I got the Steam Deck and the Retroid. Uh, but yeah, so I'm playing Final Fantasy X on the Steam Deck. Um, 
This game is also very beloved. I have a friend who's played all the Final Fantasy games and he says that this is the best one. He says it's the peak of the series. Um, I, I, I'm only eight to 10 hours in. I'm playing that and eight simultaneously, which is very, an interesting experience. Uh, this whole time I should mention, by the way, that I've been doing all these Final Fantasy games. I've been playing two at a time. Part of that's because I'm playing one on my computer slash my Steam Deck and then I'm playing one on the Retroid. So that's been an interesting lens because I like I'll be playing Final Fantasy V and Final Fantasy XIII too at the same time. Um, <clears throat> and so it's been, you know, it's I, I feel like I have probably like of all the humans on the planet right now, I probably have the freshest sense of like what Final Fantasy games are like because I've been playing so much of them and two at a time uh, from different time periods. So yeah, I'm playing Final Fantasy X. Uh, I'm playing the remaster, uh, which I normally wouldn't do because Square remasters are really terrible. By the way, stay away from the mobile. A lot of the mobile remasters are just horrible. I think they might have updated them recently, but I think they're still pretty bad. Um, they like ruin the art for a lot of the game. The these remasters, they don't add good new features. They they a lot of them are just they look worse. It's wild. Um, some of the remasters are okay, but uh, be very wary. Actually, there's a really good channel if you look on YouTube. Uh, there's a really good. I think his name is Austin SV. Yeah, if you're curious about a Final Fantasy game and which one to play, I recommend looking on YouTube for that Final Fantasy game for the channel Austin SV. He's got uh, these all ports reviewed uh, videos and he talks about the differences. But in general, the original versions for most stuff I would probably recommend. Um, I ended up playing the remaster because sadly PlayStation 2 emulation is like not that great. Um, right now um i'm hoping that improves over time but it's just not it's nowhere near as good as playstation one emulation the playstation one emulators are phenomenal uh ps2 just kind of not they didn't do the trick for me so i'm playing the remaster anyways uh final fantasy 10 is very cool so far uh the sphere grid is a really cool innovation where you have all of the character abilities on one big space and you're moving around with each character like their little token and they can unlock new powers and like the magic areas over here and then the healing areas over here so you can like take your black mage and like move them over to the white mage area and they can start learning white mage spells um it's really uh, a very cool idea for uh, an RPG and it's one of these things too where this is one of my themes here is that I wish the sphere grid had had more time to be developed upon and that there was like I don't know a sphere grid, grid randomizer or like there's just so much more that you could do with it and it felt like they got it just good enough and release it you know and that's how a lot of the Final Fantasy 10 games are Final Fantasy games are um, now, the worst thing about Final Fantasy X so far is that they've introduced voice acting, which, you know, if voice acting is really good, it can be cool. It can add character and stuff like that. But in general, in video games, I'm I'm very hesitant when games have voice acting because usually it does more harm than good. Uh, in this game, Yuna is like, I don't know what how this person got this job. Um, just just really one of the worst voice actors. Titus is um, mostly just very annoying in how he sounds. He's got this like 
90s like California dude voice. Um, very weird. And um, uh, actually, weirdly enough, uh, the guy who plays Bender, I'm forgetting his name right now. John DiMaggio plays uh, one of the characters, Waka, which I couldn't believe that. Uh, but now that someone told me it now, I'm like, I can't unhear it. Anyway, the the uh, the voice acting, I would say mostly is a net negative. I wish I could listen to the Japanese audio. I would really prefer that. Um, but it, even though it's on the disc, it's actually on the install. It's the files are there. There's no option to turn it on, which is just maddening. But uh, anyways, um, this Final Fantasy also has narration, like the main character narrates things like, you know, he starts talking about like, I couldn't believe what I saw. Um, and it's just it really does not need to be there at all. Uh, totally unimportant, doesn't add anything. It's just annoying. Um, I don't know why that's in the game. Uh, this is also Final Fantasy X, I think aesthetically is the beginning of a certain lineage, aesthetic lineage, uh, which drives into Kingdom Hearts, which is this, I call it the freshly slain clown look. Uh, so Titus, you know, for years and years and years, I always thought Titus and the main character from Kingdom Hearts, whatever their name is, were the same guy. I, I always thought they were the same guy. I always confused them. Um, but yeah, so so Final Fantasy X kind of looks like a Kingdom Hearts game uh, for some of the characters. Very like um, primary colors, like weird asymmetrical pants, you know, like just weird garments everywhere. Like I would say they look kind of over designed. A lot of the, the character designs, some of them look better than others. Um, but, um, Titus in particular, I just, uh, he looks horrible to me. Um, but anyways, overall Final Fantasy X seems like a very good Final Fantasy. It also feels like the most linear Final Fantasy yet, because every other Final Fantasy game up until X has an overmap that you can, you know, go do like side quests or like explore, even if, you know, it is still pretty linear. Like most Final Fantasies are pretty linear, but they at least have this sort of suggested non-linearity by this world map. And then, you know, you get a, a, a ship and a, what's it called? A airship and all that stuff. And so it feels non-linear. And actually that causes a lot of problems. Um, in most of the Final Fantasy games I've played, there's always this problem of like, okay, I can go anywhere, but where is the one place I'm supposed to go to? Um, I remember Final Fantasy V had that really bad. Nine had that a few times. Um, so, so it's not a complaint that Final Fantasy X is totally linear now, but I do kind of wish that there was some world mappy kind of thing or some side questy kind of thing. Maybe there is later on. Oh, and by the way, Blitzball. Everyone talks about Blitzball for Final Fantasy X. I have a theory that the designer of Blitz, Blitzball was a player of Blood Bowl, which explains why the, like, the name sounds similar, but the gameplay is quite similar. It's like, it's a sport that you play with basically like D&D style roles for everything. It's, it's very like Blood Bowl. It's not nearly as good. Um, and actually, uh, I think... I, I'm going to talk a lot about like things being underdeveloped in Final Fantasy and uh, Blitzball is like the banner example of an underdeveloped system. It could have been cool. Like it really could have been. Um, it has a terrible camera angle. 
Uh, it's just, um, it's just, it's super imbalanced. You could just tell that they needed another three to six months to work on it, at least. Um, but it's neat that it's in the game. I'm probably not going to do much Blitzball. And uh, that's about all I have to say for now. Cool game. I'm excited about it. I'm sort of skeptical it's going to be better than six and seven and nine so far, but we'll see. On to Final Fantasy X-2. I have not even touched Final Fantasy X-2. I have no idea what's in Final Fantasy X-2, uh, but I am very excited. I'm excited that there is a Final Fantasy that I haven't even touched um, that's not an MMO. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm looking forward to that. And that is included on the remaster, so I will definitely be playing it after 10. Okay, next up is Final Fantasy XI. I didn't play that. We're not really going to talk about the MMOs, but... I did want to stop real quick and say that Naoshi Mizuta, who did the soundtrack to Final Fantasy XI and its expansions, is the best Final Fantasy music, which is saying a lot because I love Nobuo Uematsu. Like I said, I was in a cover band. We would cover Nobuo's work. I've seen, uh, you know, Final Fantasy Live Orchestra where Nobuo showed up there. It was awesome. Uh, I'm a huge Nobuo fan, but... God damn it, Naoshi Mizuta's work in Final Fantasy XI is even better. Um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, incredible music. I can't speak to the game. Okay, then on to Final Fantasy XII. <sighs> um, Final Fantasy XII, so I said that I started this all, this all off back in 2021 where I tried Final Fantasy XII. I'd been, for some reason, I got it in my head years ago. I was like, I kind of want to try Final Fantasy XII. I don't know why. But um, so I tried it last year, bounced off of it pretty fast, uh, finding it way too grindy. Um, and then this year I was like, you know what? I've gotten through all these other Final Fantasies. Let's finish Final Fantasy 12. So and then then I bounced off of it again this year. So I'm going to try to go back to it at some point for a third time, maybe third time's a charm. Um, but. This game has the worst combat system of any Final Fantasy game. I that's including Final Fantasy one. Um, I you know, one of my problems, I've had this problem with real time with pause uh, combat systems. A really huge problem I have with them all is that uh, you have a real disconnect between your input, like you pressing a button and a thing happening, a spell being cast or a attack being uh you know, given. Uh, things are just kind of happening. Everyone's just kind of swinging. Um, Final Fantasy twelve actually is the first Final Fantasy to include speeding up in the game. So you can just, there's a speed up button. Now, by the way, I'm playing the the remaster version, by the, and this is one of the few good remasters. Um, it was, uh, came out in like 2017. Um, the remaster version. Uh, but it has a speed up and it would be like, they knew like it absolutely needed uh, a speed up feature uh, because the combat is really not fun at all. Um, it has an um, ambitious system uh, where you can like build an AI for your characters, but it's mostly very obvious what you will do with that. And there's, there's no cool, interesting abilities. There's nothing spatial. So I, I personally have yet to find the fun in that system. I've heard other people talk about that. It's really fun to like build this machine and then like watch it all happen. But I have yet to experience that myself. Maybe I didn't get far enough. I feel like I'm about halfway through the game 
And uh, but I'm also just not really that charmed by the world. It's very brown. It's very serious. The, the plot is super convoluted. I've watched like three different YouTube videos explaining the plot to where I am, up, like up to where I am. And I still don't understand like the story, <laughs> like what's going on? Who are all these characters? What, what does everyone care about? Uh, and I mean, so I don't know. I, I, I intend to go back and sort of really give it another shot, but it really was, um, has been a real issue. Um, and I cannot recommend Final Fantasy 12. It's currently one of my most like loathed games and it's very single player MMO. That's what people say about it. And I really see that. Um, it, yeah, I, it's the, to me, Final Fantasy 12 is really the beginning of the end of Final Fantasy. Um, and it's not like, it's, it's not like, a you know, like a really poorly made video game in a general sense. Uh, but it, you can really just see the shift in values. And this is also the first, uh, Final Fantasy game, the single player Final Fantasy game made by Square Enix. So after they've started to do all these mergers and stuff. And I think it shows. Um, it's just, it's less, you know, special, soulful, vulnerable. All right, so let's move on to Final Fantasy 13. Now, it's interesting because 13 has such a reputation for uh, people, like it's one of the most hated on Final Fantasy games other than two. Uh, I, I see so much hate for 13 and I can kind of understand it. Um, it's much too long. And people say it's too linear, but it's actually no more linear, really, than Final Fantasy X, which people love. So I don't think it's the linearity that's the issue. I think it's that um, that the areas are very copy-pasted and they're too long. So, like, you'll be in this, like, blue corridor area. And then you just keep going and keep going and keep going in these blue corridors that look the same. Um, and it just keeps going longer, longer, like, uh, at least twice as long as you would expect or want. So there's a lot of times throughout Final Fantasy 13, and I bounced off of it last year, I, I stopped playing for this very reason, where you're just like, this is just, it's not a grind in the sense that I'm sitting and like walking left and right on a field to like level up my guys, but it's a grind in that like, I just feel like I'm, this is just taking forever to make progress in. Now, the thing that has to be said about Final Fantasy XIII, above all else, is that it has the best combat system in all of Final Fantasy history, if you ask me. And interestingly, it builds off of some concepts that were started in Final Fantasy XII um, and, and builds them into this really awesome paradigm system, which uh, is really brilliant and fun and interesting. So you have six characters and six paradigms, and each character is good at two of those, or not paradigms, two, uh, there's six characters and six, like, you could say classes, I suppose, but they're more like, they're almost more like stances that you can get into. And each character is good at two stances. They can later on learn other stances as well, uh, but the greatest thing about it is that, like, there's also a party-wide bonus for you having one or two or three of that stance active. So it'd be like if in a, in a class-based system or jobs-based system, if like you, you have a fighter in your party, so now everyone is doing plus, you know, 10% damage. And if you have two fighters in your party, then everyone's doing plus 20% damage, et cetera, et cetera. So 
you build these paradigms, which are these kits of uh, three, you know, uh, three stances, each character in one stance, and you got to switch bit between them constantly to win battles. It it also does a bunch of other like unprecedented stuff. Like after a battle, you first of all, there's no mana at all. There's no resource like mana, um, really. Uh, there's your health fills up to full after every fight. So um, it's I think that might also contribute to the feeling of like. Uh, uh, like, man, this is just going on and on and on forever. Because in a Final Fantasy dungeon, you have this longer arc of your health and your resources dwindling as you're getting through and through this dungeon, right? Um, in 13, it everything kind of resets after a battle, which works, and it's really great and really smart, but then it means that that long arc is no longer there. Um Anyway, 13 is brilliant. I actually do recommend 13. Um, you will have to power through some sections of the game. It's a little bit too long. Um, I, I wish I could give you some good advice for how to do that, but you'll just have to power through. I would also say the game has one of the best endings in any Final Fantasy game. Really good moving ending. Um, and yeah, I came away loving 13. And I was like kind of enchanted by it in a way I hadn't really been since like six. So, um, yeah, I, I really recommend, I do recommend 13 and I, okay. So we're going to get into the, the sequels 13, two and 13, three, cause I basically beat both of them. 13, two. Uh, so, and, and, and to fit this into my larger narrative here, 13 is actually kind of weird. Um, 13 because it's ambitious and it's, it's not really MMO -y at, at all. Um, there's like one open field section where you have these like quests that you can do, which it gets a little bit like that, but, but not really. Um, yeah, 13 is an oddball in the post 10 world, I would say. And so are 13.2 and 13.3. Um, so 13.2, now what I was hoping for for 13.2 was the paradigm system is brilliant, but I think it could be expanded upon. So I was really excited to play 13.2 because I just want to see, like, how are they going to do more with this system? And the answer was they didn't. They did less with it. Uh, now you only have two characters down from six. And the third slot is uh, a monster. So this is like a way for them to save money, basically. And the monster is just like a crappy, uninteresting, much more boring character. Um... And so they, they, they made the worst version of the 13 combat system, unfortunately. Uh, the story makes no sense in 13.2. Uh, it's 13.2 is very that like Kingdom Heartsy kind of aesthetic. Um, it's got this character, Noel, who nobody likes. Uh, and it's just, um, I really, it's one of the worst games in the series easily. Uh, and this is like so like people don't people don't really defend 13 too. like 12 has its fans. You know, I've heard a lot of people be like, oh, 12 is fantastic. It's one of my favorite Final Fantasies. Um, I've not heard that of 13 too. 13 too, it, it it looks so undercooked. It looks like they did not have they needed another year at least to like actually make it into a good game. Uh, and it also um, is extremely convoluted and confusing. Uh, I can't believe I beat 13-2. I got, luckily they had like an early exit 
kind of like bad ending. And so I, I got the hell out of there and beat that. Also 13-2, by the way, with respect to the larger industry, this is the first Final Fantasy game to have like proper QTEs, you know, like um, like the, during a cutscene, it's like press the X button and you press the X button and it does something. Um, so that was kind of funny to see that. Okay, next up, we're getting near the end here. There's only two more left to go. 13-3. Um, 13.3 is called Lightning Returns, and it's really, I almost am at the end. I, I made like 90% through, maybe I'll finish it at some point. Um, but this is one of the most innovative and interesting Final Fantasy games, and it also probably shouldn't be called Final Fantasy, in my opinion. Um, because it's a one character, you don't have a party, um, it's basically real time, but it's not like, you know, a character action game or anything like that. It's still this, like very abstracted kind of thing. Um, it's very cool. It's interesting. It's fun to play and it's ambitious in its own way. And 13.3 does feel like someone really had a vision and they were really trying to do something special and original. Um, but it feels like they didn't have the time and uh, resources to do it fully. And uh, I do kind of, I do recommend 13.3. Um, it's... It's an interesting game, and I do think uh, I'd much prefer the combat in 13.3 to 15 or probably what 16 will end up having. Um, so, yeah, and, and then the story in 13.3 also makes no sense because it's building off the story of 13.2, which made no sense. So now 13.3, they're just going all out. Uh, and, uh, you know, I really miss the stories of some of the older games where you could totally understand what's what's happening. Um, you know, as bad as Final Fantasy V's story was, at least I understood, like, okay, X-Death is a bad guy and we gotta get him, you know? Uh, there's something to that, like, plot gravity that I think is really important. And when it's just, like, a weird mix of, like, time travel and, like, this character's not really this character, they're actually God, and, you know, like, so many levels of weird piled on top of each other um it's just it's a real problem for investing in the game next up is final fantasy 14 i have nothing to say about final fantasy 14 i have not played it uh technically i did play it for like 20 minutes or something i think i like made a character a bunch of years back when it first came out but um i am excited to play 14 although i understand that the first 100 hours or so are like terrible and then it gets good uh, gets a, it becomes like one of the best Final Fantasy games ever, apparently, in the later, you know, like in the 300th hour or something. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe I'll save that one for retirement or something. Now, a sad thing is that at some point we will not be able to play Final Fantasy 11 or 14 ever again, probably. Because, I mean, I'm surprised. I think you can still play 11 now, but... It wouldn't shock me if in five years you just could not play 11 at all. Um, and so part of me is like, shit, maybe I should play 11 first um, if I'm going to play it. Um, so, yeah, that's sort of a sad thing about MMOs is that we're going to have we're going to have Final Fantasy, all the Final Fantasies except for the MMOs at some point, which won't be playable. Um, or I don't know, maybe people will come up with a solution. But um on to the next game, Final Fantasy 15. So I played about 10 hours of Final Fantasy 15 so far. I should say when I first started playing it, I was like, oh my God, this is amazing because it's so charming. It looks good, like visually. Um, 
And also it's like an open world Final Fantasy, which is kind of exciting to me at first. Although in hindsight, I should have known better than to be excited by that. It's, it, you know, it's coming from it's I should understand that its lineage as an open world game is not the open world CRPGs that I love. Something like Fallout or the original Fallout or Arcanum or uh, even or Baldur's Gate 3, which is the recent, uh, the most recent uh you know, game of that lineage, but instead it's coming from the MMO world where the open world is like this big empty open world. And indeed 15 is the most empty open world I've ever seen in a video game. And that's saying a lot because like GTA is pretty empty. Witcher three is very empty. Um, but man, 15 takes the cake as emptiest open world that I've played. Um, so that, that's a real problem. I think, because there's a lot of just like running and stuff. Um, and it's funny because they, you know, I, this one detail I noticed while you're running to a long distance to get to your destination, your character says like, oh, feels so sluggish. Like they're that's the devs trying to tell me that I should be driving to the place or whatever. And it's like, don't put it on me, developer, like build your game so that if I can run around in this large space, that there's something to do here that there's something interesting to explore here. You know, it's like, I, I really resent that because it almost feels like they're telling me like, oh, you're messing up. You know, it's your responsibility to do this right. And it's like, you could also just design the game good. So I don't know, um, 15 on a personal, you know, character level, it's very charming, but um, plot seems pretty uninteresting. And the combat seemed okay at first. It's this real time thing but got very boring very, very fast. It's again, not, it's just not Final Fantasy anymore. It's this, it's its own thing now, which is fine. I do appreciate that at least it's not, you know, like Bayonetta or something. Um, uh, but it's, it's just, it doesn't have that character, like uh, party building sort of stuff. It's obviously not turn-based. Um, I don't know, it, it really feels like their most modern video game game yet and i mean that not in a good way uh 15 feels like the culmination of them of square uh square enix becoming this like big corporate like disney-fied thing you know and so i with 15 i sort of feel like final fantasy's over like it's it's no longer that thing that it was one through ten um and and I guess I mean, I mean, obviously things are always changing. That's fine. It's not that it's just that it's now just this corporate schlocky stuff. Um, so I don't know. I, I was pretty I was pretty depressed about 15. Uh, I'll probably have to power through it at some point, but not high hopes. And I do not recommend it. Um, I'm going to make a note quickly on Final Fantasy 16, for which there is just a couple of trailers right now. Uh, it appears that it's, yeah, it's just Final Fantasy as a series is just totally abandoning the turn-based concept uh, and party-based as a concept. Uh, 16 also doesn't seem to have elements like Moogles, um, you know, things that are like charming and cute. and Maybe it will, but currently from what we've seen, it just kind of looks like a Game of Thrones video game. Um in the trailer, they show like somebody being killed and blood splattering all over a child's face, like which is 
that's not Final Fantasy to me. Like, it's just, you know, like I said in the beginning of this, like, I was drawn into Final Fantasy for certain aesthetic things, and 16 is just like, okay, this doesn't look remotely like what I'd be interested in. Um, so that's a little sad. We'll see. Um, things can change. Um, but I have not very high hopes for 16. Um, I don't think I'll probably be continuing, you know, like with the Final Fantasy games. Although, you know, this is sort of what happened to me back in 2000 or so. I sort of was like, ah, I'm done with Final Fantasy. So maybe when I'm 60, I'll be like, oh, I'm going to go back and play Final Fantasy 16. Uh, we'll see. Uh, to conclude, one thing I do feel is that I wish Final Fantasy would be a little bit less revolutionary and more evolutionary. Like almost every game in the series, I wish that there was like a proper sequel to it or two so that they'd have more time to flesh out and develop those systems. So like Final Fantasy V 2 could have a few more classes, but more important, make the classes that they already have more useful and more balanced, have more cross-class ability usage, things like that. Like... Final Fantasy V is actually an interesting example because it kind of is a 2. It is a sequel. It's like Final Fantasy 3 2. And that actually might be one reason why it's one of the most fun ones to actually play. They had the time to develop on that job system by doing it twice. Uh, it's one of the only times that you can really point to that, uh, you know, where, where a game, they did it twice and they got to develop it more for the second one. I guess, I guess I'm just realizing, like, it's kind of weird that I'm like advocating for more sequels because one of the best things about Final Fantasy is that with each uh, game, it's a completely new universe, new characters, etc., etc. I love that. I think that's fantastic. Um, but I think you can still do that with a sequel. You could say Final Fantasy V 2, new story, new world, new characters. It's not, you know, why not? Um, if if Final Fantasy 1 and Final Fantasy 2 can be new world, new characters, why can't you know, 5-1 and 5-2 be the same way. Final Fantasy XIII, as I've said, has the best combat system of any game in the series. Uh, and they did make two sequels to thirteen, but neither of them really built on that system, which is so sad and very frustrating, but also something I actually hope to do someday in a game of my own. Um, I, I'm really excited to make an RPG someday, and when I do, it'll have Final Fantasy XIII-style combat, and I will hope to show a lot of people what's so great about that system in a package that's a little easier to get into. Anyway, Final Fantasy is over pretty much, it seems like. Um, basically, unfettered, unregulated capitalism destroyed it in the end, just like it does everything. What was once this scrappy, ambitious little team building exciting and charming projects through this process of acquisitions and mergers became this behemoth, creating these overly focused group and somewhat soulless enterprises. But we got a ton of amazing games before that happened. I strongly recommend the first 10 games, particularly 7, 6, and 9. 9 would be the ones I would start with. And if you only played 3 of them, those would be the ones I suggest. Alright, so, now we're going to get out of here, but the last thing I want to do is just tell you my music ranking for all the Final Fantasy games. So the easy one is S-Tier. And S-Tier is Final Fantasy XI and all the expansions. And then below that we have A-plus tier which would be uh, Final Fantasy 10, or sorry, Final Fantasy 1 through 10. <laughs> All of them are A+. They're fantastic. I mean, as you get later, you know, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 
they have longer soundtracks, so there's more music on them. But even Final Fantasy One, the songs in that are really great. Um, and then with two and three and four and five, all just fantastic soundtracks. Definitely A plus. Um, maybe I could I could see an argument that like six and seven and nine. And yeah, six and seven and nine maybe go in the S category, but you know, in any case, one through tens are all A plus. And I would also put thirteen two and thirteen three into the A plus category because they are by Naoshi Mizuta, the uh, creator of the Final Fantasy Eleven soundtrack. So um, he didn't get the memo that those games were going to be like phoned in. So he kind of brought it for those those soundtracks. So I really recommend listening to them. And that was, by the way, the song that you heard at the very beginning of the um, of this podcast was the fight song from Final Fantasy 13 too. B tier. Final Fantasy 13. This one is by um, this one's by Masashi Hamazu, who is uh, was known for the Saga Frontier uh, games. And he made Final Fantasy 13 soundtrack and it's OK. It's like it's good. It's not nearly as good as Nobuo's work or as um, the Final Fantasy 11 soundtrack, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it, it's I would say it's a solid B tier. I actually prefer his Saga Frontier music to Final Fantasy 13. So I definitely go check that out. Saga Frontier 2 in particular. I think the first one is by Kenji Ito. Uh, it's also good, but very different. Uh, and then we have C tier, Final Fantasy XII. So this guy, Hitoshi Sakamoto, is well known for the Final Fantasy Tactics soundtrack, which I've always liked, but now it's funny. I listen to Final Fantasy XII a lot, and I listened to it for many, many, many years before I actually ever played the game. And I don't know, something just turned in me and I was like, I don't like this. It's too, it's just, it's all over the place. Melodically, it's just like different themes constantly. Every few seconds, it's like all incidental music. It's it's way worse than all the other Final Fantasy music, except for one thing, which we were, we're about to get to in our last tier. But yeah, I, you know, Hitoshi Sakamoto is a very competent composer, but um, it's just, I don't know, it lacks heart. To me, it's just not nearly as and this is part of probably why I fell off at 12. Just not that good a soundtrack and soundtracks very important to me in these kinds of games. All right, now, finally, what you've all been waiting for, the D tier Final Fantasy soundtrack is Final Fantasy 15. Final Fantasy 15 soundtrack is by Yoko Shimomura, who I know from uh, a f she's done a ton of stuff, a lot of which is quite good, but Actually, none of it really, with a couple of exceptions, is all that great. So the, my favorite soundtrack of hers is Street Fighter 2, which is a really good soundtrack. But that was a long time ago. That was 1991. And uh, since then, she's done mostly a lot of Kingdom Hearts music, which is not very good. Uh, she's done a few other things. She did some Mario and Luigi games. She did Super Mario RPG back in the day. Uh, Front Mission, which is pretty good. Um, but of late, she hasn't really done much except for Kingdom Hearts that I know about or have heard or, and I don't know, 15, it's, it's, there's four composers on it. So it's not just her, but there's a lot of, um, and she's the lead composer. Um, a lot, it's just, it's just like, it's the most soulless Final Fantasy music. Um, it's very competent. 
It's not like a joke. It's not like a, you know, some noob who doesn't know how to do music. Obviously, this is a very accomplished person, but it really just feels like it wasn't important. And like, it's like the least special music of all of the Final Fantasy music. Um, I remember the Chocobo theme in particular, just being like, wow, this is really boring. Um, and you know, the opposite of beautiful in art isn't ugly, it's boring. And I just think that the Final Fantasy 15 music is the most boring Final Fantasy music. And so that's why I place it confidently into the D tier. Um, uh, that that's very upsetting to me. And so I don't have high hopes for Final Fantasy music going forward, which is quite sad. Of course, after 10, uh, a lot of the team, the core team at, at uh, Square left. Um, so uh, that that refl- that's a big reason. I'm sure that there was such a change over and really, we didn't really talk about that. But, um, you know, Hironobu Sakaguchi leaving Square was that happened after 10, I believe. And that's that's a big deal. I mean, he was like the creator of Final Fantasy. So, uh, yeah, uh, I don't know. This has been a lot of rambling, I think. Uh, but I, you know, I played all this Final Fantasy and I was like, there's got to be a way I can like bring this into the podcast and like give people something to think about, something, you know, at least historical to look at look at games in a different way and you know maybe get some recommendations i do think there's a lot to learn from final fantasy um i wrote an article recently about like what makes a good rpg and a lot of that was based in this research that i've been doing into the final fantasy games and a lot of them are phenomenal examples of doing an rpg well so if that's something that's interesting to you at all um check them out i'd love to hear from you if you have thoughts or comments about you know, your favorite RPGs, your favorite Final Fantasy games, um, your least favorite ones. Um, yeah. And thank you for listening. And I hope to be back soon with another episode and get back into podcasting in general. Now that this crazy year is mostly approaching behind us. Um, thanks for listening. And as always, you can support the show on Patreon. And I hope to speak to you again on the podcast soon. See you later.